On this episode of the podcast, we talk about the NFL draft in all of its chaotic glory. I'm so nervous. I'm so excited, but I know we're going to mess up. <laughs> you have you're a fan of a well-run organization. Except yeah. the first round picks. We like the Raiders and the <laughs> Eagles. If anyone doesn't have anything to be afraid of, it's you. We're terrified. Yep. Although if you guys take a running back day one, I mean, you messed up. I know. I know. Mm, I have a bad feeling Travis Atten or Najee Harris is going to be a Steeler when it should be a lineman. Well, we'll find out soon enough. And we'll make fun of you either way. Fair enough. In the meantime, recline that sofa and loosen that tie because this is mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a weekly podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Sweezy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. Let's get into it. This week, we are discussing the ever-tumultuous NFL Draft. For this week's episode, we decided to shake things up a bit in honor of the event. As passionate football fans, we've been each been burned by the draft before, some more than others. Once again, looking at the Steelers <laughs> fan who shouldn't even be Complain. worried. Yeah, it's yeah. you're ugh. You'll be fine. Get out of here. But <laughs> as an act of solidarity with those who are about to be disappointed by tomorrow's proceedings, <clears throat> we will be sharing one of the worst draft selections made by each of our teams: the Philadelphia Eagles, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. May our past pain ease your current anguish. Solidarity. Right. Who's starting? Uh, I'll start us off. In the 1993 NFL draft, and perhaps the worst draft pick ever made by my Philadelphia Eagles. Aww. Luckily, I wasn't born for this part, <laughs> but reading about it pained me. Yeah. I'll be honest. I almost talked about Freddie Mitchell. I was alive for that, but that's this another time. This is worse. I don't know. Philly had both the 19th and 24th pick in 93's draft. At 19, they selected guard Lester Holmes, who only played four seasons with the team and wasn't all that great. But this wasn't the mistake the Eagles made. <laughs> they saved that for the 24th pick and defensive tackle Leonard Renfro. Renfro played two years in the league. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. Great. <laughs> he played 23 games and only had 19 tackles. Oof. Of those 19 tackles, only three of them were solo tackles, and none of them were sacks or even assisted sacks. He, was, he just, just needed help. Yeah, he was a good team player. He was, he was always there to finish the job. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Just wait. He was there to set him up and have somebody else knock him down. Yeah. He only started two games for the Eagles, and those two games represent the only time in team history where the Eagles allowed consecutive 240-plus yard rushing games. Wow. Ah. Uh. In the first game, Renfro allowed Emmett Smith, star running back of the hated Dallas Cowboys, to run for a career-high 237 yards. The very next week, Renfro allowed Ronald Moore of the Arizona Cardinals to run for his career-high of 160 yards. Renfro never started again and was out of the league before his 25th birthday. That's a shame. A first-round bust if ever there was one. If ever I heard one. Note my pain, note my anguish. 
but just you wait. Just now you it's wait. my turn. Now it's go Raiders. All right. I'll be taking us back to a recent hardship for my hometown Raiders and the first overall pick in the 2007 draft, quarterback Jamarcus Russell. Amazing. Woo, the GOAT. So yeah, I, I was alive for this one and it still hurts. Uh, the Raiders had, uh, sorry, in 2006, the then Oakland Raiders went 2-14, and 14, which landed them the first overall pick in the upcoming draft. The Raiders had the worst offense in the league in 2006, scoring 168 total points, which averages out to 10.5 a game. Ooh, woof. Nice. They had two starting quarterbacks that season, Andrew Walter, and Aaron Brooks, each of whom threw three touchdown passes all season. Oh, yikes. Their backup quarterback tacked on one more for a total of seven on the season. <laughs> as a team. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. <sighs> Good. Russell had a much better season than the Raiders did in 2006. He led LSU to a 10-2 record in a trip to the Sugar Bowl, where they killed Notre Dame 41-14. to Oh, those fighting okay. Irish. Yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, Russell was named MVP of the Sugar Bowl. He was a physically imposing six foot six and 260 pounds coming into the draft. He impressed a lot of people on his pro day. Here are some fun quotes. Quote, I can't remember being in such awe of a quarterback in my decade of attending combines and pro days. Russell's passing session was the most impressive of all the pro days I've been to said ESPN analyst Todd McShay in 2007. <laughs> oh, Todd. Mel Kuyper Jr. said this, quote, Three years from now, you could be looking at a guy that's certainly one of the elite top five quarterbacks in the league, unquote. Woof. Hey, everybody gets it wrong sometimes. Yeah, no, I just love it when they get it so wrong. <laughs> so, so very wrong. Which, once again, it's... You got to give him credit because it's a hard job <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to like see what will translate. But I just love it when you miss so drastically. Yeah, they're so confident oh, in I know. their Always. stances. Uh, so then Raiders coach Lane Kiffin had other ideas. He was very against drafting Russell and instead had his eye on wide receiver Calvin Johnson. He's okay. Uh, the GOAT? Yes. Yes. But Kiffin eventually folded to pressure from Raiders owner Al Davis, and Johnson was drafted second overall by the Detroit Lions. Calvin Johnson is in the Hall of Fame. Woo! A place Jamarcus Russell is Can't not. Can go visit on a weekend. No, I don't think they even allow him in. <laughs> they just have his picture up on all the walls. Do not let this man in. No entry. <laughs> so the Raiders take Jamarcus Russell first overall. And guess what the first thing Russell does as a professional is? Hold out. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> After failing to reach an agreement with the Raiders, Russell held out through all of training camp and the first week of the 2007 season. The Raiders eventually caved and handed Russell a six-year contract worth $68 million with $31.5 in guaranteed money. Oof. That's so much. To somebody who and hadn't attended training money. camp. Or you know practices or anything. Oh, that's so as a much. professional. Hey, we're looking at three to five years from that. He was gonna be the greatest thing since sliced <laughs> yeah. bread. And like, yeah, remember, man. that's a rookie deal. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> like yeah. that's insane. So Russell only played in four games his rookie season, but by the end of the year, he had been named the starter for the 2008 season. 
The Raiders improved from, uh, on their 2007 record of 4-12 and with a very impressive 5-11 and in 2008. It's not worse. The Raiders would have the same record in 2009. It's mm, still not worse. <laughs> the offseason for the 2010 season was when things really hit a boiling point with Russell and the Raiders. NBC Sports described Russell as, quote, annually and incredibly overweight, unquote. <laughs> Amazing. When, Consistency. Right. <laughs> Consistently in the wrong direction. <laughs> Consistently out And of he shape. wasn't even trying to get traded like James Harden. Like, he, he was just... <laughs> he was just like, I'm here to play. He just did not want to run. <laughs> Conditioning? Um, Never heard of it. <laughs> when he arrived at minicamp, he weighed 290 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Up from his reported weight of 271. By April, oh. the National Football Post reported him at 300 pounds. He's trying to be a lineman in his spare time. <laughs> How tall is he again? Six foot six. He could be he a lineman. He should have been a lineman. <laughs> so he reported to camp and somehow gained 10 pounds. That's that, the lack of conditioning <laughs> he did. And on May 6, 2010, the Raiders released Jamarcus Russell. Mm. So Russell made it three seasons before being cut by Oakland. He played in 31 career games starting 25. He completed 354 passes out of 680 attempts for a 52.1 completion percentage. Oof. He threw for 4,803 yards with 18 touchdowns and 23 interceptions to go along with 25 fumbles, 16 which were lost. He has a career passer good, good, rating good, good, good. of 65.2 and a win-loss total of uh, seven wins and eighteen losses. That's 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 bad. <laughs> it's also, not that's for good. a first overall pick, the second of which was Calvin Johnson, the fifth of which was Adrian Peterson, mm. as well as many other you know notable Pro Bowlers down <sighs> down the line. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch was also in that draft. Mm. Um. My favorite story from Russell what came from 2007. So the Raiders didn't think that Russell had the work ethic to be a professional quarterback. No. And they were concerned that he wasn't doing his study sessions at home. So in order to test their theory, they gave Russell blank tapes and told him to study them. When he showed up for work the next day, management asked Russell what he thought of the tapes. He said he watched all the Blitz packages. Yeah! Yep. On, on all the blank tapes. Jamarcus. Russ. Oh, yeah. No, I watch him. Bunch of, but, and how bold. What a bold <laughs> strategy to not, like, even look a little bit yep. to see what they would yep. be. Yeah, no, my dog ate all the tapes. Sorry. I, oh. I had to, I'll just give me new ones. This dog's probably in better shape than he is. Yeah. And that's the story of one of the biggest busts in NFL history, Jamarcus Russell. What? One minor note, a new collective bargaining agreement was reached between players and owners in 2011, with one of the big new additions uh, being the new rookie salary system meant to limit spending on first-round draft picks. Yeah. So, that, wonder what made them look into such a thing. Jamarcus Russell, Sam Bradford. Ooh. Oh, Sam Bradford. Yeah. The, the robber of the league. <laughs> oh, my God. Just worked the system so well. Uh, What's over what, for it? What do you got for us from those pristine, storied Steelers? Yeah. Give us show a tale. Us, show us the skeletons from the closet. Well, there are a couple options. First round, the looking about it, Steelers' first round bust, there are several. 
that are like kind of panic driven decisions of like <laughs> trying to replace Terry Bradshaw or Franco uh-huh. Harris. And yep. these people would keep panning out. One that I kept seeing pop up would be talking about the Steelers selecting Gabe Rivera in 83 instead of Dan Marino. Because they had already drafted Mark Malone, who was supposed to be the heir apparent to Bradshaw. That's the reasoning why they didn't pick Marino. And uh-huh. Instead of getting leaving Pittsburgh, stuck with Mark Malone and Bubby Brewster. Ooh, mm, Bubby. I like that name. But I think it's hard to call <laughs> Rivera a bust when you can't predict that in his first year he would get into a car accident and be paralyzed. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's probably not his fault. Probably should have predicted no. that with that with Shazier then. Ooh. Uh, well, yeah. he played recklessly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're we going him. to pin it on Shazier. <laughs> no. Wow. That was Vontez Boot. Wait, where was that hit on him? Vontez was the it was the, It was a Bengals game. Yeah, yes. it was a Bengals always. game. It's always well, a Bengals but, game. But Burfitt couldn't have done that. Well, yeah, no, no. Defense. I know it wasn't Burfitt, but... <laughs> no, Burfitt came on the field. Onto the field on offense. I would have put it past him. What a dirty he disguised player. Himself. I think it, I, I want to say it was Jeremy Hill. Yeah, that sounds mm. right. Yeah, I probably... But for me, one of Pittsburgh's more recent draft picks uh, was definitely a panic pick at Artie Burns at 25. Mm. This was in the 2016 draft. I decided to skip the 08 draft where Pittsburgh missed entirely oh, on no. all eight picks. Oh, no. Their saving grace was Rashad Mendenhall, and That's he good. only broke 1,000 yards twice. Yep. But in the 2016 draft, Cincinnati at 24 – drafted William Jackson III, who was highly speculated that Jackson was Pittsburgh's main target going into the first round. And after the William Jackson pick, Pittsburgh selected Artie Burns real fast in that draft. <laughs> like, it was one of those situations where Pittsburgh went on the clock, and then, like, under a minute, they were like, yes, we select Artie Burns. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, this is totally who we intended to draft the whole time. Yeah, don't look at our notes. No, it's fine. Just take it. Just give us Artie. It, Oof. I hated it from the start, this, and now <laughs> you look back and it's like Pro Bowl corner Xavier Howard was still on the board. Other major players that Kevin Colbert passed on were Hunter Henry, a tight yes. end who would have thrived have in the nice. Steelers' yeah. system. Pass rushers Kenny Clark and Chris Jones, Ooh, awesome. along nice. with like Hayward and Tuit, mm. would be awesome. Also, Michael Thomas yeah. was a second-round pick. Yep. So if we had, at that time, it would have been A.B., <laughs> Michael Thomas, and then Juju was picked next, the year after that. Cool. It would have been great. But in four years, Artie Burns had four picks, those coming in the first two seasons. Nice. Uh, he only started 16 games once. Oh, no. And coming out of college, he was known to have technical issues and would be repeatedly called for pass interference, even though he was called a burner coming out of uh, college, running track and all that stuff. Sure, sure. But the minute a fast wide receiver would get past him, he'd immediately just kind of grab at people. It's kind of spooky when they're going You gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta grab on. While he is still in the league, he hasn't been a Steeler in two two years. He's a bear. He missed all the last season because he tore his ACL in training camp. That's a bummer. Yeah, that's a pretty bad pick. It wasn't wasn't my favorite. (laughs) I'm sure it was not. But those are our stories of pain and misery from the draft, and we're all hoping that it will be your teams and not ours that experience that. Please. Especially if you're a Dallas, Washington, or New York fan. Baltimore, just draft, draft a wide receiver. Just do it. Just no. do it. They're Don't cursed. do it. They're cursed. Just do it. Now that we've sufficiently ridiculed these famous mistakes, let's move forward to our next segment.
We're big fans of mock drafts here, but after months of scrutiny, they all look about the same. So we will be plucking a famous draft class out of time and space and placing it within the context of this year's draft. For our purposes, we've decided to utilize the 1983 draft class, undoubtedly the greatest all-around class of all time. It featured eight Hall of Famers and dozens of perennial pro bowlers. So how this will work is I'll start us off. I'll be picking for Jacksonville at one, then Josh will pick second for the Jets, Westover will pick third for the Niners, and so on and so forth. Floor. On floor full. On to Cincinnati. With the first pick and the 2021 slash 1983 <laughs> draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select quarterback Dan Marino. Whoa. Ooh, take it, Elway. <laughs> this selection is straightforward. The Jags need a quarterback, and they get the Hall of Famer to start their rebuild. Marino never won a Super Bowl, but he did win one MVP, make nine Pro Bowl appearances, and bring home All-Pro honors three times. Besides, Elway would probably demand a trade. He doesn't want to play in Jacksonville. Just yeah. close, uh, close enough to Miami for uh, Marino. He's fine. He yeah. can commute. It'll be fine. The Florida weather. We know it works. We <laughs> don't know Elway would have worked in hot weather. No. But we know he'll work in cold weather. So with the second pick... The New York Jets select quarterback John Elway. Mm. Since the Jags took Marino, the Jets will snag the other Hall of Fame quarterback from this draft. In John Elway, the Jets get a two-time Super Bowl champ, one-time Super Bowl MVP, one regular season MVP, nine-time Pro Bowler, and a Walter Payton Man of the Year. Hopefully he doesn't demand a trade and the Jets can actually start to improve. I don't know who demands a trade away from the New York market. Yeah, right. I can understand demanding a trade away from the Baltimore Colts, Aww. which is what he did. Yeah, yeah that's but fair. But, woof. With the third overall pick, the 49ers select cornerback Daryl Green. I think the Niners should stand pat with Jimmy G and focus on the team as a whole, and their aging quarterbacks can like still carry them over it. Daryl Green's a Hall of Famer who played from 83 to 02, so a lot of longevity. Dang. And with the Niners D-line coming back healthy, lockdown corners will thrive. And I think Jimmy G can do enough for them to contend now and remain competitive in their division that keeps getting scarier. Push him over the hump. At fourth overall, the Atlanta Falcons select defensive end Richard Dent. Whoop, whoop. The Falcons were 29th in the league in sacks last year, so they grab Hall of Famer pass rusher Richard Sackman Dent. <laughs> in addition to the Hall of Fame, Dent was a two-time Super Bowl champion, a four-time Pro Bowler, and one-time All-Pro. He posted 137 and a half sacks and 37 forced fumbles over 15 years. That's pretty it's dang good. Bad. It's not bad at all. At number five, I have the Cincinnati Bengals doing the smart thing and drafting an offensive lineman. Ooh. So they take Bruce Matthews. Hey. He's arguably the best O-lineman in the draft, so it makes sense that the Bengals would grab him at five. He's a 14, sorry, 14-time Pro Bowler and a seven-time All-Pro. He would be a cornerstone of the offensive line and could keep Burrow upright all year long. All night long. All night with the uh, sixth overall pick, we have I have Miami selecting wide receiver Henry Ellard. Miami needs weapons for Tua. 
Allard's a wide receiver who ended up with 65 touchdowns and over 1,300 receiving yards over his career. 1,300? 13,000? There we That's go. That's better. <laughs> I, I can read. He, he, had, he had 1,300 yeah, yards over his wow. like, multi-year career. He would be a valuable offensive weapon for a team with limited people besides, like, they have Devontae Parker. Yep. And can we name anybody else? Mike, Mike Kosecki. Ooh. Nice. Which is why I really think if they got Kyle Pitts, go with Brian Flores, take that double tight end Ooh, set from yes. New England with Gasecki and Pitts with Devontae Parker on the outside. That'd be nice. Oh. That'd be nice. Oh. Be so nice, especially with Tua's skill set, keeping it nice and short in the Drew Brees esque game, like how Michael Thomas keeps it in the slants. Slant boy. That would be the move. But they went down to six, and it's doubtful that they'll get He'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. Be there. We'll but see. Miami needs a true number one, keeping Parker just running like those deep post routes and stuff. <laughs> and Ellard would be their man. Austin? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, at number seven, the Detroit Lions select tackle. Jimbo Covert. Wow. Jimbo. Aside from Detroit liking guys with weird hillbilly names, <laughs> uh, the Lions let Stafford get sacked 38 times in 2020, which was Ooh. the seventh most in the league. Oh and now they have the less elusive Goff. Going with a quarterback is an option, but rebuilds are forged by linemen. Lions grabbed the Hall of Famer Covert that anchored the Barzo line through the 80s. He won a Super Bowl in 85, and it was a two-time Pro Bowler, as well as being two-time All-Pro. Nice. We like it. All right. I have the Carolina Panthers selecting tackle Chris Hinton. Although there are still a couple of quarterbacks left in this draft, I want to see the Sam Darnold experiment play out. So I had the Panthers address a different issue, the offensive line. Mm. In Chris Hinton, the Panthers get a seven-time Pro Bowler and a two-time All-Pro to provide protection for Darnold, and running lanes for Christian McCaffrey. I think if Darnold has enough time to use the weapons at his disposal, then Carolina can be dangerous. I agree. I'm seeing ghosts. Yeah. I'm on Team Darnold, honestly. So spooky out his there. Highlight, his, all of his highlights are when he has enough time to get the ball out and see the field. He yep. can make good throws. And, you know, a head coach for more than one season. That would probably be nice, too. Sam Darnold makes the throws Zach Wilson was making in his pro day, but we've actually seen him do it in the NFL. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't understand the Jets, but anyways. <laughs> but they're the Jets. We'll never understand the Jets. At 10? Nine. nine. At nine. nine, I've got the Denver Broncos selecting quarterback Jim Kelly. Ooh, he fell. Teddy he Bridgewater is not the answer. Sure, what? they traded a six for him, <laughs> but he's just kind of a stopgap while, in this instance, while Kelly would learn the offense. But I think Jim Kelly would be able to pick up the offense pretty quickly and earn that starting spot out the gate. I don't think the Broncos are going to be contending anytime soon. Jim Kelly would make things interesting. He sure would. All of a sudden. They that, have so many young wide receivers. Oh, all yeah. of a sudden the Raiders are crying because they have the worst quarterback. We're always crying. At number 10, I have the Dallas Cowboys selecting defensive back Albert Lewis. The Cowboys gave up the third most passing touchdowns last year. Their offense is stacked and their front seven will be fine going back to a 4-3. So at 6'2", Lewis is a long cornerback that totaled 42 interceptions over his career. Dang. He also tallied four Pro Bowls and two All-Pro selections. Um, I think this is honestly the smart move for the Cowboys, but I pray, I pray <laughs> that they dumb. trade up for an offensive player. Yes. I want that so desperately. Jalen Waddle. 
Oh, amazing. that would be amazing. So I have the other New York team, the New York Giants, selecting edge rusher Charles Mann. Mm. Again, just like the Panthers, the Giants could take a quarterback here, but I don't think they have fully given up on Danny Dimes just yet. Woo! So I have the Giants taking an edge rusher to add another facet to their growing defense. Their defense last year was actually pretty good, and in a weak NFC East, sorry, Austin, yeah. uh, and a healthy Saquon, a defensive boost might be enough to take the division. Man is a three-time Super Bowl champion, four-time Pro Bowler, and two-time second-team All-Pro. Yeah, I honestly don't see how the Eagles aren't last in the division next year. Ever welcome all to of the our, club. All of our rivals got stacked over the offseason. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to be the bottom two probably in the division. It'll be a wild year. Well, Washington needs a quarterback because that's a huge, huge hole they have. Who? But everywhere yes. else, it's who scary. Is there? It's Hanky versus who? Uh, Heineke, Heineke versus Fitzpatrick. Fit, uh, oh, Fitzpatrick. Yeah. That's right. It's magic. Woof. Speaking of the Eagles, I have them selecting defensive back Joey Browner. I feel like they lost more than just Jalen Mills in free agency, and Jalen Mills wasn't their was their best corner (laughs) or safety. Don't disrespect Darius Slay is our best corner, right? And we still have him. (laughs) So jokes on you, Westover. I forgot. Do your research, or just ask Austin. Darius Slay, which I kind of want us to get J.C. Horn and have Slay and J.C. Horn. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. But you guys got to reload that secondary, and Joey Browner is definitely the best available for them at this point in the draft. The L.A. Chargers at 13 stop the fall of running back Eric Dickerson. That time somebody did. The Chargers definitely have other positions of need. Austin Eckler can kind of carry his own, but I've always seen him as more of an off-pace. A number two. He's, yeah. he's a screen guy. Exactly. He's a change of pace back. But the cream of the crop in all those areas, positions of need the Chargers have are gone. Yeah. So besides, Dickerson is a no-brainer, best available selection. Justin Herbert gets a Hall of Famer in the backfield who tallied 90 touchdowns and over 13,000 rushing yards. He won. He went to six Pro Bowls. Was elected All-Pro five times, won Offensive Rookie of the Year once, obviously, because you can only win it once, and Offensive Player of the Year once. Nice. Hmm. I have the Minnesota Vikings selecting uh, edge rusher Leonard Marshall. The Vikings have a slew of offensive weapons, so I went with an edge rusher to take some pressure off of Daniil Hunter. Uh, With Leonard Marshall, you get someone to eat up runners and rush the passer. Leonard is a two-time Super Bowl champion and a two-time Pro Bowler. Back to you, Westover. All right, I got the New England Patriots, and I have them selecting linebacker Carl Mecklenburg. Nice. New England has a good handful of areas they could use to improve. Linebacker is a place where they just need youth to learn the system to be able to take over from the aging linebackers that are kind of just holding the line there for them. That's a fair point. Arizona's on the clock, and I have them selecting center Jesse Sapalu. The first round seems early to grab Sapalu, being that he's a, a center. An interior lineman rarely go in the, this early in the first round, if in the first round at all. Yep. But the Cardinals need interior line help, especially at the center position. Sapalu played 182 games, won four Super Bowls, and earned two Pro Bowl selections. I'd take him. Yeah. Nice. All right, my Las Vegas Raiders select outside linebacker Daryl Talley. My poor, poor Las Vegas Raiders need lots of defensive help. 
So they really could have taken any player on any level, and I'd be happy. With the acquisition of Yannick Ngakwe, I have some hope that our defensive line will, you know, get better. So I decided to focus on linebacker. I have them taking Daryl Talley with the 17th pick. He was a cornerstone on the 90s Bills teams that went to four straight Super Bowls. Of course, they didn't win any, but I'd love to have a two-time Pro Bowler and a two-time All-Pro anchoring our defense. Yeah, who wouldn't love that? Oh, or fair. just to, you know, get to any Super Bowls. That'd be happy. Mm, sorry. It's okay. I've got Miami's second first-round pick, and we're going to continue going for weapons with running back Roger Craig. Woo! Uh, they took a chance to see if Eric Dickerson would fall to them, but Roger Craig is not a bad alternative who had a career with – over 8,000 yards and 56 touchdowns in 10 years. Uh, that is the pro football focus, the career averages, but actually placed him higher than Dickerson in his <sighs> overall value. Oh, no. Well, which is interesting to say. There's but... analytical value, <laughs> yeah, and then there's no. watching the game. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. But with that said, at, uh, I believe, 19, Somewhere Washington football team selects DB Carl Lee. Rhyming. Washington's front seven are looking terrifying for the foreseeable future, and outside of quarterback, they have strength on offense. They grab a corner to capitalize on their defensive pressure in Lee. Lee secured 31 interceptions along with three Pro Bowl selections and one All-Pro. Nice. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I hate to see it. I have the Chicago Bears. The Bears. Selecting wide receiver Willie Galt. Mm. I have the Bears taking the player they actually did draft with the 18th pick in the 1983 draft, Willie Galt. There are arguably better receivers still on the board, but I still like Galt arriving in Chicago. He did not have the career stat-wise that some of the other players in the draft did, but he was a huge piece in their 1985 Super Bowl run. They get a speedster with good hands to go uh, to put opposite of Allen Robinson. And maybe, you know, Andy Dalton can get him the ball. Doubtful. Doubtful. I don't understand what the Bears were doing. It's like hey man, they, he's QB one. He's their hey, third QB one. They that took they posted about in eight months. They took huge swing at Russ, and like okay, if you miss, you miss. But why do you just then are like, all right, that's it, Andy Dalton. You land among the stars, aka Andy Dalton, the red Dallas rifle. star. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. I, I, you know, part of me wonders though if they had offered that same deal um, for that they offered for Russell Wilson, if they offered that same deal to the Jags, if the Jags would have taken it mm. for, the one. for the one. Yeah. It, it would be interesting that the, I mean, they might've had to offer more because the Jags would have fallen way back in the first round because mm-hmm. of where the bears are at. But it's interesting to think about. We'll never know. With the 21st overall pick, I've got the Indianapolis Colts selecting wide receiver, Mark Clayton. Wow. T.Y. Hilton's back for one more year, but it just seems like he's waiting for the cap to go back into the 200 millions because the wide receiver market was pretty bare and nobody was getting paid. True. No. Mark Clayton will be a serviceable player to fit alongside him as the number one, number two before moving up to the number wide receiver one position when T.Y. eventually leaves next year. I kind of like Pittman in Indianapolis. I think Clayton yeah. will be going for third. Ooh. That's fair. Drama. Yeah. Uh, I have the Tennessee Titans selecting defensive back Gil Bird at, uh, I believe we're at 22 two overall. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was in the air last year, the Titans gave it up. 
giving up the fourth most passing yards and second most passing touchdowns in the league. Sorry, guys. Ooh. Even with five defensive backs already selected in our mock, the depth is better at the at that position than the D-line is in this draft. So they grabbed Bird, who was a two-time Pro Bowler and accumulated 42 interceptions over his career. Not bad. So with their second pick in this draft, the New York Jets select tackle Dave Lutz. The 83 draft had a lot of offensive line talent, but now that we're getting towards the bottom of the end of the greats, the Jets get uh, got their franchise guy at number two, so it's time to protect him. In Dave Lutz, they get a solid starter for 10 years to keep Elway from getting destroyed. Mm, the man already didn't have an ACL. Yep. Mm, didn't need it. Didn't want it. <laughs> My Pittsburgh Steelers select at 24, center Don Mosbar. Steelers need help, and while everyone's predicting them taking a running back in the first round, we all know that's a mistake. Yes. yes. If the o- if an O-line is healthy and good, they can open up lanes for whoever's carrying the ball to get yards. And Mosbar's the best option left at center to fill the void left after Pouncey's retirement this yeah. year. Got to plug that hole. Yep. I have Jacksonville using their second pick in the first round on wide receiver Anthony Carter. The Jags already got their franchise quarterback in Marino, so now they get extra help on the outside. Carter is a big play option as he averaged 15.9 yards per reception. He also tallied 55 touchdowns and nearly 8,000 yards to go along with three Pro Bowl selections. Pretty good. That's not bad. All right, I have the Cleveland Browns selecting linebacker. Ricky, right, Ricky, Rick, Ricky Ellison. Ricky Ellison. Ricky? Yeah, Ricky. Ricky The Browns have a solid squad with talent on all levels. They could use some depth at the linebacker department, so I have them taking Ellison. In Ellison, the Browns get a three-time Super Bowl champ with 625 career tackles, five sacks, one interception, and seven forced fumbles. Ooh. Kind of guy you can get solid production out of for many years. Yeah, a Nice, reliable, just he's there. Is more tackles than Renfro in your story. Hey, Ooh. that's why we talked about <laughs> him. That's fair. Renfro did his time. He did. I've got the Baltimore Ravens selecting defensive back safety Wes Hopkins. Baltimore always needs help in – with their safeties and corners, because each year at least one goes down with a season-ending injury. I think we're at four to five years straight. That sounds about right. Uh, Hopkins played ten years with only one season marred with injury, and he had over had thirty picks during his time in the league. He would be great with that pass rush of theirs. Oh, that old pass rush. I have the New Orleans Saints selecting quarterback Ken O'Brien. The Saints oh. need to eventually find Drew Brees' heir, and I have no faith in Jameis Winston <laughs> and not? even less in Taysom Hill. Oh, what? Sorry, guys. O'Brien was a decent quarterback that occasionally shone through the eternal shadow that is the Jets franchise. He threw for over 25,000 yards and 128 touchdowns to 98 receptions, which, you know, is not great, but it's positive by 30 touchdowns, and we'll yeah. take it. Okay, yeah. He also went to the Pro Bowl three times. And near the end of his career, he was the Eagles quarterback when Herschel Walker was our running back. So we yes, him. this happened when they were both washed <laughs> up in garbage. But they were there. <laughs> they were there. Go Eagles. We love this time. <laughs> All right. I have the Green Bay Packers selecting tackle Irv Eatman. The Packers need to take advantage of the good years left in Aaron Rodgers. I have them adding some offensive line depth in order to push them over the hump. 
and Irv, they get a solid starter with uh, with an 11-year career. Maybe they can actually win an NFC Conference Championship now, but we'll see. Uh, I've got the Buffalo Bills selecting defensive end Greg Townsend. Buffalo has Ed Oliver on the defensive line, and that's about it. Mm, Sounds about right. All you want, all you need. Townsend will help them get another pass rusher so they don't have to always blitz a linebacker all the time and add extra people. I like it. Short and sweet. Baltimore Ravens select edge rusher Jim Jeffcoat. The Ravens desperately need to pressure opposing quarterbacks. They blitzed 44% of the time last year, which was way more than the rest of the league, but still only managed an average amount of pressures and sacks. Jeffcoat tallied 102 and a half sacks and 18 forced fumbles to go along with two Super Bowl championships. Love Ooh. it. Love to see it. All right. And I think this is the final pick. Yep. With the final pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select nose tackle Tim Crumry. With uh, with final pick in our mock draft, the Buccaneers are adding even more depth to their defensive line. I have them taking uh, Tim Crumry. He was a two-time Pro Bowler, made one first-team All-Pro and one second-team All-Pro. The Buccaneers were able to bring back all of the big players with expiring contracts this offseason, and if they get some good talent in the draft, they'll be even scarier. Yeah, I don't really like how they brought everyone back. It is the first team in salary cap era to bring back all 22 starters. It's insane. I don't care for that. And uh, that's the pod. Thank you for uh, bearing with us as we did this fun little fake mock. Don't worry. It'll be back to normal next week. Yeah, we're going to get back on schedule. But we didn't want to let the NFL draft pass without doing some special recognition. It's one of of two drafts that actually matters. Exactly. So... Yeah, no, there fair. you go. If you enjoyed this or any of our other episodes, probably the latter, uh, <laughs> please remember to give us a like or a follow, maybe even leave a review. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you may listen to podcasts. In the words of NFL coaching legend Don Shula, quote, sure, luck means a lot in football. Not having a good quarterback is bad luck, unquote. That's a special shout out to all the teams that will be scrambling for a quarterback in the first round when there's like an over 50% bust rate on them. So yeah, listen to my story and remember there should be three guys taking a quarterback (laughs) in the first round. There's probably going to be six. When did we all fall in love with Mac Jones? When did that happen? (laughs) I don't understand. The odds of the Niners taking him are like 44%. It's Alabama. I really desperately want Urban Meyer to draft Justin Fields number one overall. I want it so badly. So, so, so badly. Shut the world. We can hope and we can dream. I'm about to put a $10 bet on Justin Fields getting drafted first overall. (laughs) Because I think the odds are probably better than whatever Vegas is saying. So I was like, it's a good deal. I'll take it. Anyways, thanks for listening. And remember... This was mismanaged. Bye.